0: BOOM oh. Small Town Shenanigans, number nine. We're just about hit double digits. Thanks, everybody. We have got almost about 2,000 listeners now, which is really fun. I was this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I was actually
1: at a party and
0: several of my friends came out to me and told me they have been enjoying the podcast. I always wondered,
1: what kind of sense of humor do you have to have to enjoy this podcast, you know? You don't have to have a sense of humor to like this. You just have to be a little bit twisted. And if you have both of those things, then you're the perfect audience for us. And I know that we, there's a lot of people out there that have a little twist of both. But I've talked to some people that they said a couple of these stories made them cringe. <laughs> they may not have everything it takes, but it's enough to keep it interesting. <laughs> All right. Got to cringe a little bit. Um, we, we got a great
0: guest today from the, 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 the Peach State, George Peach. And he's a peach. And uh, so, yeah, so one of that's one of Brian's friends. Uh, He's a good dude, and he's got some good stories. And and uh, we told you he's going to be on. We do have uh, three different interpreters, so that'll help out.
1: (laughs) And you gonna need them. (laughs) Before we do this, I got to tell you the background behind this. So me and this guy sells. We sold drugs together. Okay, that's a blanket statement. Um, Unfortunately, the drugs that we sell, we get taxed on, so it was legitimate business (laughs) operation. We sell, but I met I met this individual during training which is one of these uh the kind of a training seance deal they do in the pharmaceutical industry and <laughs> this boy this old boy's got some chops and and the one thing that we spend most of our time is just to- tossing things back and forth and, and belly laughing and giggling and having laughs and so when we started doing this thing uh bill was asking me, he goes who do you know and you know that maybe the hat that uh outside of the realm of the of the 406 or outside of the penguin uh, who do we know? And this is the first guy I thought of. So without further ado, i like to welcome you from the other side of the Mississippi where uh, things get a little bit muddy and greasy down there in Georgia's ways is uh, Mr. Michael. I call him uh, I call him Georgia Mike, but uh, he has a full <laughs> first and last name. Down here in Georgia with men are men and the sheep run scared. <laughs> That's ours up in here in Montana. No. We always say, we never say they run scared. We say, if you ever catch a talking sheep, he's full of shit. Don't believe a word he says. <laughs> <laughs> I think y'all I in, uh,
2: seven different countries, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, this would be the eighth. Some people right. say you need a damn uh, special, special uh, passport to get down here to Georgia. Even to speak to one of us, you got—you definitely got to have an interpreter.
0: You know, I'll tell you what. I um, I was down there in '96 working on a project. I was in Griffin, this, this south of Atlanta. I was at this bar it was actually the day that the '96, the bombing happened in, um, in, a, in, um, Atlanta at the Olympics. And there was a table of us and I didn't know many of them, but this couple, uh, she was telling us how they had some problems and, and he cheated on her and, but they worked everything out. And, um, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. How'd you guys work it out? And she said, well, a few nights ago, um, he came out of the bar and I hopped in the truck and ran him, ran his ass over. And then, uh, we just kind of worked things out right after that. So that's, that's Griffith, Georgia. You've been down there, right, Mike?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, That reminds me of a story in Douglas, Georgia. Went and called on one of my docs I was calling on and it looked like he'd been beat to hell and back. And I was like, what in the hell's wrong with you? Long story (laughs) short, he'd been cheating on his wife and, and uh, he was leaving the hospital going to his office during the day. She was waiting in the car, and she hits him with the car, gets out, and just starts just wailing on his ass. <laughs> the hell out of him. And so when I saw him, I said, are you okay? He said, yeah. He said, I don't know what I if I should have told her or not. I said, well, either way, you was going to get your ass beat, so might as well. <laughs> There's a chance she might not have found out. But somebody had beat him. It mm, looked like his face had caught on fire, and somebody beat it out with a chain. If we're up north of somewhere and they hear me talk, they say, where are you from, Texas? I said, hell no, i from New
1: York. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell? Now, listen, on my phone, it says, when I call Mike up, it says Georgia Mike. So I and, and Bill just asked this question before we jumped on, what his last name was. And it was news to me because I didn't know the last name. So go ahead and, and tell everyone your last name because it's, like, it's kind of fun to hear new things like that. <laughs> McGillicuddy. <laughs> He's Irish, man.
2: <laughs> Mike Roberts. Mike Roberts, there it is. From Leesburg, Georgia. We have two truck bikes and we we're thinking about getting a third one.
0: Leesburg is that named after General Lee. There we go. Don't do that.
2: I don't know about that. Don't ask me no, no history questions or anything. <laughs> how else. big how big is Leesburg? Uh about the size of a postage stamp. It's probably got about inside the city limits, maybe about 2,500
0: people Oh, that's pretty close To Bank, Montana We, I think When we grew up I think it was about <laughs> 3,800 people or so Cutbank was So, 25 So, yeah So, same deal And I know Damn getting well There were some shenanigans what, Tell us that story About them worms If you don't mind
2: <laughs> Down here You know Everybody likes fish And I was in 8th grade And was uh, A bunch of my buddies Got together And, uh, you know Those worms They were real sticky You know, the when you mm-hmm. bass fishing down here. So we'd cut them up in about quarters. And we'd get in the class when the when the teacher back then, you know, had blackboards. They'd get right on the blackboard. We'd thump them on the ceiling. They would stick. And they'd stick all over the ceiling. I and mean, by the time we changed classes, <laughs> they'd start coming unstuck and start falling in the class. And the girls raining
1: fish, raining oh, worms.
2: Oh, man. But they never caught uh, who did it. And we, of course, nobody told on us. And uh, well, we do that. I like it. And uh, I tell you that was uh, that was some fun. Just that little, yeah. it wasn't nothing bad, but it was it was fun. But, you know, we do some bad crap, some bad shit, but not. The
1: only problem with with stuff like that, and it kind of reminds me of you know people who unscrew the salt shaker. You know, it's it's funny in theory, but man, you just don't get to enjoy it some of the times. I bet half the time you're wishing that those worms would start dropping before the end of the class so you could at least you, enjoy some. You're of like, it. Come on, come on, let's. And you know, in in summer we had this this teacher,
2: and uh, she said. When it started getting out, she said, "Y'all don't bring none of them damn worms in here. If you do, I'll bust your damn jelly roll." That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> God, you, butt, your jelly roll. <laughs> I bust your damn jelly roll. See,
1: we got we got two different terminologies from different places. We got we got the jelly roll, and then uh, Doctor, what was that, Doctor Doctor Dr. Dr. Don? Doctor Don said, you know, he called the head a coconut. He, he got busted in the head with them by them nuns, and they called it a coconut. So now <laughs> we got coconuts and jelly rolls. We're expanding <laughs> our vocabulary.
2: I've heard that a thousand times. She used to say, I'll bust your jelly roll.
1: <laughs> I like that. I never heard that one before.
2: Mm. Yes.
1: It's all good. So the so the worms on this ceiling, uh, I know that we would there was one time, this one was actually turned south, is where we dropped um we dropped some eggs, some some hard boiled eggs down into the uh into the vent systems at the school. Oh and no. uh boy, I tell you what, when that heat started rolling on those things, they put out a or they put out a an or something fierce. And you can't reverse it. You know, once once you start smelling that oh. and realizing that, you know, you're a victim now like everyone else, because you have to sit in that. And that's the way I explained it when I was done was that look, we apologize for doing it. And but we were also part of, you know, we also had to experience it. We were victimized in some degree. So you can't just take it all out on us because, <laughs> you know. Part were, they, were they were they raw? Were they raw eggs, or were they hard boiled? Okay, so we had hard boiled eggs and we had some raw eggs, and so the problem was, I think it's got to be the raw eggs that smelled worse, so but we couldn't know because we dropped about oh I don't know dozen and a half Whoa. eggs down there, and it, the only reason why is because one day in, in we were in the library, and we realized those vent covers popped off. We <laughs> thought, well, yeah, we yeah. were throwing we were throwing stuff in there, but. Like nothing has an effect unless, you know, everyone else gets involved. And so we threw eggs down there. We didn't know that, what would stink, hard boiled or raw. That kind of
2: smell would knock the
1: buzzers off a gut truck.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike, you know what
0: that reminds me when we were um Brian and I were probably eight around eight years old and our parents were gone. And uh we were looking for something to eat and there was a box um of tapioca pudding you could make. And we had never cooked before and it said Two egg whites. So uh, what we did was we hard boiled those eggs, and then we peeled the white off, and it was a little chunky. Let me just tell you that.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't remember that. What, what happened now?
0: We were making tapioca pudding, and it said two egg whites. Oh. And we mm-hmm. decided we didn't know the difference, so we hard boiled them, and and when we put them in there, it was it was, uh, it was a little bit it was a little bit not
1: too smooth. Well, it's easier to cook something, you know. Once I start reading directions to cook, then I know it's going to go bad. Because... But, but you got to—you can't lose your mind when you're cooking. Uh,
2: my buddy down here—they was going to cook some French fries. So they put the grease on the stove and they turn it on. It takes a while for the grease to hook up. I mean, to heat up, and then—but uh, they forgot about it. and They said they want to go swimming down to the creek. Oh. By well, the time they got back, they had burnt down the kitchen. <laughs> So when his mom and daddy got back from the dog tracks in Florida, which is about, Florida's about an hour and 20 minutes from here. When they got back that night, the kitchen was burnt down. And my friend's name is Boulder. And his daddy, <laughs> all he would say, he'd look at Boulder and said, Boulder, you are a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> and I told Boulder, I said, you know what? That's pretty bad because, you know, most shit you can use is, is fertilizer. I said, you're a piece of shit you can't use you nowhere. I mean, you just
1: use a piece of shit. Yeah, it's bad enough <laughs> being a piece of shit, but it's really bad being a worthless yeah, piece of shit.
2: It's bad a piece of shit, but you can't even be using fertilizer, Boulder. I said, "Damn, I mean, you're a worthless piece of shit." He said, yeah, the whole time, you're a worthless piece of shit. But his mom, his mom always took up from him, for him, said that uh, that she at least Boulder got her some new kitchen cabinets, what she'd been wanting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a buddy that's going to be on this podcast. We've talked to him about it, and. He did something that his dad and I'll let him tell what what happened because uh, two reasons why. Number one, I think he should tell it. Number two, I don't remember exactly what it was, but his dad said to him, um, "You are the dumbest person I have ever met," <laughs> and his response was, "Really, the the dumbest, like the dumbest," and it was the dumbest. So to be the dumbest person someone has met and to be a worthless piece of shit, you have, you know, <laughs> that's that's. That's elite status right there,
2: oh, I'm tell, I remember the last words my daddy ever spoke to me. Hey, don't point that thing at me
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what does this button do? That's what we had in the navy. What's this button here do <laughs> last word that's the last word on a lot of logs in the Navy. you know the journal entry is what does this button what, what does this here button do
2: yeah. That's like my youngest son. Uh, I found a 12-pack of beer in his truck, and he's 19. I said, whose is this? He said, well, it's my buddy's, This It's my buddy's. I said, well, well, I tell you, buddies, I appreciate it. And I got it, so I put it in my beer refrigerator outside. About two weeks later, I went out there and looked at it, and it was gone. So I walked in. My son's name's Casey. I said, hey, Casey, where's my damn beer at? He said, uh, 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 it was expired, so I threw it away. <laughs> I said, I said, you, I said you, you can't even lie very good. Well, I didn't it was expired, so I just threw it away. That's
1: okay. There's expiration on all those, right? Yeah.
2: He, <laughs> yeah, he's gotta I, get I,
1: better than that.
2: I guess he figured he'd want me to have an upset stomach if I drank some expired beer. You know, you never know what will happen when you do that. What you kind of beer what kind of start. beer was it? He, <laughs> it's the one I hate the most, natural light.
0: Oh, natty light.
2: Mm.
0: That's like that's today's version of uh I don't know what Olympia Schmidt. back in the day. Schmidt. I, I'd
2: rather really have a sister in the whorehouse drink that.
1: I don't even know what that means, but Be it back. doesn't sound good.
2: Else.
0: <laughs> uh, hey uh, So Brian, what? Tell, tell me about that uh, that the uh, bike ride incident when you're. You oh, a kid. Well,
1: we were talking about this earlier, and I think it was on another podcast about um, some unexpected stuff that happened that, that really resonated in my head. And I remember, um, so we could we could get anywhere in Cup Inc. on a bike, right? And that was kind of the mode of transportation. And, and the, one of the main reasons why is we could go anywhere. We can get from one end of the town to the next in probably 15 minutes. So a lot of bike riding going on. So everyone had different types of bikes. I think the bike that I had was a, was black and yellow, and it had the mag rims. You know, you remember those things? That was pretty cutting-edge stuff, oh, yeah. mag rims. And uh, Billy had a pretty sweet one. It had a big banana seat, Seattle Seahawks.
2: Uh, oh. Big slurred
1: up handlebars. Oh my god! Yeah. No,
0: Mike, listen to this. I wasn't. I was an Oakland Raider fan. Always have been since the, the day I was born. My birthday, I hear I'm going to get an Oakland Raider bicycle. I was so excited. So my dad goes out. and He goes, "Here's your birthday present: Seattle Seahawks bike."
1: <laughs> and it was an ugly bike. Okay, this. I mean, was-
0: that, I mean, what? Like, what? What? Are you not paying attention here? <laughs> I mean, that is, that is so jacked up.
1: We, I was not happy about it. There, they, you know what happened? There, they didn't. It was a last-minute pickup. He knew that he was going to get you one, but they didn't have it so close enough.
0: Uh, and uh, Half price like, probably, too.
1: And it was ugly. It had this big, long seat. There was nothing <laughs> cool about this bike. It had, a, had like a plastic disc on the front. They had like a number on it of no one who ever existed for the Seattle Seahawks. Handlebars came out to the side. And I remember when Bill Guy had the look on his face was like, this is awful. <laughs> and so of course me trying to console him, I said, Why don't you jump in there? Let's get a picture of it. So I had him <laughs> I go, get a picture with your new bike, Bill. So we had to stand there and model it like he was gonna be number you know, Mr. February in some calendar and put his hand on the steering wheel on the handlebar and kind of put a pose to it. And I have that picture. That oh, made me like one it. that we pull up. I He'll wanna see that. It. I wanna see that. I bet I didn't muster up a smile, did I? No. it's, it's a look of disgust, but uh we had we had to capture that moment, so anyway, bikes were a big deal at least bikes were a mode of transportation and it was one thing that everybody had and I remember down at the the um at the grade school we were playing basketball and there was a guy in town named doogie denton who was he was always kind of doing some edgy cool stuff you know he was a guy that would like chew a nail or something or he would uh he would swallow a nail and he would <laughs> but he had remember. <laughs> You know, you heard this term, these guys tougher than nails. Doogie Denton was tougher than nails.
0: Okay? I mean, I, what, it's not a great name, Mike Doogie Denton.
2: I'm going to tell you.
1: that's he, <laughs> You just can't make that up. That's like right next to Nell Quigley. And those two names are not <laughs> made up. Okay, Nell Quigley and Doogie Denton are not. But Doogie was, I remember he was riding his bike and he had one of those, uh, it was uh, if I remember correct, there's almost a bike that was put together by parts. It wasn't anything that you could buy. Like he, he got a seat here, and he got some handleballers here, and he's got some, you know, forks here. But he was cruising down. He had this bike that the the back seat was just a single seat, and it rode lower, right? It, it was as low as you can get it. And he had the the forks and the bike, and so that the seat wasn't too far off that back tire, you know. So I, I don't know if it's You know, do you spin around on that thing better or jump it around better? I don't know what it provided, but it was cool looking. (laughs) And he was coming down the hill towards the grade school, and he was moving, right? Like, it was one of those deals where your feet aren't even on the pedals, right? And and you're going as fast as you can. But he had his brother on the back end of that seat. So his brother's riding on the seat, and he's holding on to his brother. And uh, and all I could see as we were going down is Doogie was getting close to the school, so he's kind of like... You know, he got down with his right. He's kind of like sitting down. He wanted to sit on the front part of that seat. So he's having his brother, scooch back, scooch back a little bit. Well, guess what? We got about 20 feet before the school. His brother slid off that back seat and he landed on that back tire and got sucked right down into them forks. And the back oh. tire instantly stopped. Oh. <laughs> it was an instant skid mark, right? Oh. And his brother's arms going, like you ever see those people on roller coasters where they put their hands in the air when something exciting's happening? No, <laughs> yeah. his brother did. His brother put his hands in the air Feet weren't touching the only thing keeping him on his bike was when his uh was midsection that was sucked into the forks between the forks and that tire and old doogie stops that thing and it, he basically had I mean he needed like a fork and a spatula to pull his brother out of that fork <laughs> and his brother's screaming and moaning. I can't imagine the pain right he just kind of shuffles his brother off to the off to the sidewalk there and I got him sat down and uh, hopped back on that bike and got, you know, the music started again. And I remember thinking, <laughs> old Doogie's brother, he, he was, he was to me, he was victimizing that thing. But I think Doogie was just upset because have slowed him down, man. He was cruising uh, down that hill pretty good. And thing you know, he wore off half that, half that tire because his brother, oh. you know, did a little bit of.
0: I bet. Did his brother, did he ever procreate? Did he ever have any children?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't, Doogie and I didn't really hang out that much. I just thought that he was, you know, he's a cool guy. I don't, even, I don't know if we're the same age or nothing, but when I think of his name, because I think we're friends on Facebook, and he like he ice fishes and stuff. When I think of that name, obviously, my mind goes back to that time when he sucked his brothers into that fork of his bike, and and uh, I'm I'm guessing there's a if it's not an, it's not a physical lasting a scar, it's definitely an emotional scar that will never go away. <laughs> and there's no the thing about emotional scars. There ain't no ointment out there to rub on it. Just <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely he needed some ointment after that accident. Oh I'm boy, sure. it was legendary. I just I just thought about that about falling off the back of my seat. Like mm. I was, I don't know if I ever sat down on a bike again. I think I just went straight up. Mm, Doogie didn't. Have, you can't you
2: can't forget that name.
1: <laughs> when I was at that uh, Memorial Day uh, weekend party,
0: um, a couple people, you know, that I didn't even know they were listening to our podcast. They love that name, Neil Quig- Now Nell, Nell Quigley.
2: Nell, they Quigley. love
0: that. Um, what's uh, I wanted to ask you too, um, Mike? Didn't you? Did you? Uh, one one thing we haven't, one topic we haven't covered was cheating. You guys ever cheat on a test or anything?
2: Uh, well, I got tricked into cheating one time. You know, because I was just, you know, straight. Up. I knew my whole alphabet by the time I was in tenth grade, so I was ahead of the class. But we and, and we had six big <laughs> high school. And I had biology second period, and a girl named uh, I can't tell her name. (laughs) She might be listening. She had, she excuse me, she had a biology second period, and I had it fifth period. And I went up to her. I said, "Hey, uh, give me the answers to the biology test, because she gives out the same tests, and uh, that way I'll have the answers, and uh, and make a good grade for a change." And so, of course, then she gave me the. She took the test second period, and I saw in the hallway she gave me the answers, and I went. I took the test, and I was grinning like a jackass eating briars. I mean, I thought I had made an A. So the next day after the te- after we took the test, the teacher handed the test out, and I made a 76. It said 76, but a 100 to the cheat sheet. Oh. I went to the teacher. I said, what do you mean? I said. She said, third, fourth, and fifth period, all three of them was cheated by the cheat sheet y'all had.
1: So I said that wasn't no cheat sheet. So there was there was multiple people with this cheat sheet. I mean, yeah, what are we talking? Called, How many? The
2: only one that she gave it to. And I said, I told, I said, listen here, that wasn't no cheat sheet. I had it was a memory enticer. There's no, <laughs> one. you can call that a cheat sheet. So that, that that was on a Friday. We got a test back. She said, y'all take these tests home. Y'all cheated, and y'all get them signed. I'm like, and boy, that was a long weekend because. You didn't take it up to my my dad and say, "Hey, you know, sign this." Got caught cheating, but it ain't no big deal. Don't worry about it. We got this. He would he he liked to beat first and ask questions.
1: So <laughs> he I did. Didn't, he did. He didn't. Uh, he didn't give you benefit of the doubt. He started. He started working oh, you over like a random oh, mule. Yo oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Beat first.
2: Beat first, and then ask questions. And, and if it comes to find out you was innocent, maybe you had a credit with him. I
0: guess. What What was his favorite tool to give you beating?
2: uh well he he was a state patrolman he had a state patrolman belt and uh that thing
0: those those things are big
2: Mm -hmm. so the whole weekend i stressed out i said i'm gonna wait till sunday night i ain't gonna ruin my weekend then i got thinking i said you know what i'm gonna sign his sign his name so i started practicing he had he had horrible penmanship with just like me so i practiced his penmanship and i wrote his name wally l roberts and i was like hey put a little something extra on it. So I put my phone number down there too. I mean, put our, like, you know, if you need me, call me kind of thing. <laughs> that Monday, I come in and we turned in our test. We we're supposed to get signed. And Tuesday, you know the te- you know, the next day in class, she said, I just want to tell y'all something. I really appreciate the families y'all too. She said, every person that got caught cheating that turned in their paper sign, their parents either had a note on it saying that they had took care of this matter or they had the phone number if I never needed them to call them. So my parents never found out about that. And I thought, boy, that that was the biggest thing. I was like, boy, I cheated on tests, got caught, got a zero. Yeah. And I signed his name. I didn't get, but what made it so bad, that was it right in the middle of, we got graded on six weeks period. So I actually had to study for the next two or three weeks to bring my grade up to like a 78 for the, for the six weeks. And my dad's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, "Daddy, it was a hard, it was just a hard six weeks. It was really tough.
1: <laughs> and he never knew it. Oh my God. Now, you played, you played. I've, I've done that before too, where I've gotten the, the signature, but as I've, I've only done it a couple of times because, you know, you know, my dad was the judge and my stepmom was a teacher in the school system. So I was really kind of, I knew everyone was just a phone call away or they were, a, you know, a, a long time grocery store away. I mean, all of this stuff. So I there was a time that I had to get a signature. I think it was our report card. When you bring your report card home in order to say that, you know, you would they had seen they had looked at it or whatever. You had to bring it back and it had to have a parent's signature on. it. So we'd always bring these back. And, and there were a, a couple of times where um, something had happened to me where I couldn't go to class, or the homework wouldn't get turned in on time, and my grades didn't reflect my effort. Let's just say that. Um, (laughs) And uh, I didn't really want to get it signed. And I knew that once I got to thinking about it, like, no one's checking signatures, right, for the most part, unless it's way off. No one's going to say, well, this really doesn't look like Mr. Burns' signature. So what I would do was I would sign it the best way I knew how. And I'd put it on the desk. And then I knew that throughout the course of the day, we'd have a break with a teacher would run away, And I always keep track of it. I'd run up there and grab it and bring it back. So she, she knew I'd make a, a scene as to like giving it to her, maybe having a discussion oh. talking about this. and that. So she remembers me <laughs> handing it to her. But then I would go retrieve it. So there was no physical evidence that anything got caught
0: up. <laughs> I mean, come on, Mike, that is that is that is a criminal mind right there. I love it.
2: <laughs> that's thinking it through right there now. Oh my God! Well, I, mean, I, I
1: just figured if you know, if it came down to like, well, he signed it, this and that, and I'll be like, this okay, that's fine. But let's take you know, I don't I don't remember handing it directly to you because I'd always put it on the desk. I wouldn't put it in their hands. That way, I wasn't telling a lie. I don't remember handing directly to you. I just sit on the desk, tell a story. And then I don't remember handling directly to you. So let's just look at it. Well, by God, we can't find it. Well, who's the unorganized Uh, one here? Who's the one that can't keep their house in order? Not me.
2: (laughs) Well, I had
0: it when I was in high school. I had um, my English teacher, um, Mrs. Myrie. I loved her. She's God rest her soul. She, she was, she did not put up with any bullshit. She was a great teacher. And uh, I remember I was taking a mythology test and I, you know, I know, like, like everybody, all our listeners know, Brian was always wittier than I was. I had a guilty complex, even though I didn't do much wrong, but on this particular test, I didn't study for it. And there was a guy sitting in front of me and I said, uh, I said, Hey, what, what'd you have for number three? Instead of just turn around and tell me what number three was, he ha- he had a cheat sheet, which I didn't know. He... And it was a little square, and he flicks it over his shoulder and it lands on my desk. And I I I think I peed down my leg right away. And so, um, instead of just looking at it, writing down the answer give it back to him, I felt so guilty, I raised my hand to ask the teacher a question. And instead of just, yes, Bill, what do you need? She gets up and walks down the aisle. And she says, yeah, what do you need, Bill? And I said, oh, I, I didn't really understand number three here. And I had my, both of my hands were clenched on each side of that paper, that test. And underneath of it was a cheat sheet. And so when I asked her the question and said, just answer me, she puts, she pulls her glasses down so she can see, and she reaches down to, to get, grab the test, right? So she's pulling up on the test. I'm pushing down on the test because the cheat sheets on it. she's pulling up i'm pushing down, and she just snatches it out of my hand, and there's a cheat sheet sitting on the desk and it was all over i mean what it was, cheeses,
1: what did, what was uh, tell me about the cheat sheet what what did the, it look like it was just like the ant like a like one through something in the answer like what was what was the information it was, that was on? it
0: was folded up about the size of your thumbnail right but he wrote like he wrote like a little ant, so it was folded about five times. And he had, yeah, he had like one through 10. He had the answers written down and then he folded it over so many times that it looked like a spitball by the time he got done with it. So when he flipped it over to me, it was laying on my desk and I, so I pulled it open. And so it was about, you know, three or four inches long and about the size of your thumbnail wide. And, um, I was doing everything I could be discreet. I I mean, talk about a guilty conscience.
1: I should, if I did
0: nothing, it would have been fine. But yeah. I had to raise my hand because I felt guilty. Now, Brian, what would you have done in that situation?
1: Sounds like it could have fit in your mouth pretty easy,
0: bud. There wasn't a lot of paper there. <laughs> there you go. I, thought, I mean, that's what the I'm mouth, talking about. I, th- th- I don't think I've, against- I never huh? told Brian. I never told Brian that story. And just like that, he's got the answer. That's the I first
1: mean. time I've heard that story. But, I mean, <laughs> I've always thought, like, if I ever got pulled over by the police for, for having if some of the people in my car um, – you know, went against my request and had an open container in my car. I always thought that I would, um, and this was, you know, I'm like just dump it on the floor, just empty it on the floor. It's no longer, no, no longer has alcohol. No, because it's it gonna, like s-
0: it's gonna smell like beer in the, in the yeah, car. You know,
1: okay, but there's nothing. You know, how long have those cans been in here? I mean, I don't know. Do you smell beer? I don't smell beer. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't smell like beer here to me. There, but the bottom line is, there's no beer in this car, so let's empty them up. But that has not happened. Um, So. And who knows? I probably wouldn't have had it thought about it that easy. But if it's that small, gobble gobble gobble. Uh, <laughs>
0: Mike, Mike, I, this just came to mind. Mike, what do you think about this? You think Brian should maybe put together a book with um, ways to get out of situations, like hundred ways to get out of a tight spot or something? It you're talking be,
2: about a, you're it, talking about a survival book. It would be a bestseller. A best.
0: <laughs> or, I mean. And you know what? He could probably whip it out in a few days too.
1: Ain't no doubt. I ain't no doubt. I think maybe we have a, uh, you know, we have just kind of a, a podcast where we have callers come in and give me a situation, and see what I could do to get out oh, of there it. There you
2: go. <laughs> there you go. It's
1: Uh-oh. kind of like a Dr. Phil. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is, I'm having marital problems or having financial <laughs> problems. I'm having a situation I can't get out of. Give me a call. <laughs> well, th- I, so I did have a cheat. I did have a thing where I guess you could call it cheating if that's what you want to tag it as. But we were, I was in high school. And um, I, you know, you think, what is, what's the best way for me to get through this exam to have some success? Um, is, this inf- is this information I'm going to use? And I know that a lot of people say, well, I'll never use this information, so I shouldn't have to learn it. So are you really learning the information, or are you learning to memorize stuff? Okay, right. are, what, what, are we teaching? what are we teaching kids? Are we teaching them how to memorize things? But I, use Shakespeare. Information? I use Shakespeare,
2: and every day I'm, when I work, I use Shakespeare every day. So of
1: course you do, as, as do I. I'm quoting you know, Shakespeare's, uh, Shakespeare's one on owns this tavern in Lolo, isn't it? Shakespeare's Rusty t- Knuckle? Or <laughs> no, what, what is Shakespeare you I, talking about?
2: If I could go back in time, I'd beat the hell out of Shakespeare. I said, do you know how much trouble you cause kids and your whole – Mm-hmm. all the shit you've been writing, look how much trouble you gave, got us <laughs> in. Right. And
1: a, everyone uh, has to go through his stuff. You're a
2: grade A asshole, Shakespeare. <laughs> a grade
1: A. Hey, and there's a lot of grade A assholes for the same reason you're talking about, that the information they gave out, they thought they were being profound, but they've gotten people in trouble. Mark Twain is another <laughs> one. <laughs> Mark, and next, Mark
2: And the next one I'd say, do you even know what they say is in that little damn paragraph you wrote? They saying it means all kind of different. And I I Bet you the people who wrote them parac- like Shakespeare and, and all them, Mark Twain, it didn't mean what they, these English teachers said it meant, you know. No. If I took college English three times. I should know.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, I've, and I've taken some courses over again. And when they ask me things like, what does that mean to you, they don't mean that. Because when they ask me what it meant to me, then all of a sudden I'm in trouble. Okay. Now, if you don't want to really know what it means to me, then don't ask me to just say, what does it mean? And so I think that's very subjective and, and you shouldn't ask that question. <laughs> but the bottom line was you have to learn how to memorize things. So there were some things that I didn't want to memorize. Okay. <laughs> oh my. And I didn't want to learn how to memorize. So when I was in high school, we had, it was after, I remember this it was after basketball practice and I'd always be the last one out. Cause I usually probably put up some shots or just kind of hang. out. I never really looked forward to going home. So I'd always, I'd always be the last one out in the, the janitor uh, came through. His name was Buck. Okay, <laughs> Buck was also my uh, my uncle. Okay, my uncle through marriage. So I knew Buck rather well, and he was the janitor. So we would sit there and chew the fat. <laughs> well, um, he was up in the he's in the school, kind of doing some things. I'm thinking, you know what? I I got some history. History really takes a lot of time for me, and I would like history, but. I don't want to spend a lot of time with it because, you know, I think my time is spent uh, in other places, you know, just more productive in other spots than studying for stuff. So what I said to Buck as we were talking, I said, um, I forgot something in my history class. Okay, you mind if I buzz in there for a second, grab it? No problem. So we go on in there. And I said, it's in this, uh, it's in this room here. And I kind tapped on this door. Oh. And this was the door for the teacher. This is where the, the, the instructor, where his stuff was. So I walked in there, and I always I thought to myself, I just need to keep him engaged in this story while I'm doing this, because I don't want him to interact and ask me what I'm doing. So I was talking about fishing, where, you know, where he went fishing. And, um, and I slipped in there, and I saw the notebook that said, uh, I think it was Montana History, Instructor's manual, pop that baby out, started flipping through the pages. You know how you lick your fingers, start flipping through the pages, see where you're at. And I said, Oh, I said this is it. This is exactly what I need. I said, I just need to find a printer. Okay, so we walked on down to the uh, to the office where they had the printer there, still engaged in the story. Opened that printer up and I printed the entire thing. All the uh, well, there's parts of quizzes and tests and all of its information. How many how many
0: pages was it? It
1: was probably six or seven um quizzes well six or seven tests and then the quizzes that go in between there i probably printed up i don't know 40 pages <laughs> and so uh of the, and so i printed her up and i said you know i said this is perfect i go you got me you got me out of a little bit of hot water which is true i said Cause, you know you got me out of some hot water appreciate it he goes oh no problem so i said the last thing i said to him, i go look buck I know that you know, you're know you not supposed to be letting people in here, so I, I promise I'm not going to say nothing about this. The last thing I want you to do is jeopardize your job on this deal. <laughs> oh, he goes, I shit. appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that, I'm sure. I, I won't say nothing, I won't let it out. But there I was. I saved myself so much time. And one thing I did, and I think that everyone should know, um, never get 100% on anything, except right. that, if, especially see, if you're you not, capable. You know, see, if now, you're not that's, capable. That's
0: great advice because I, I wouldn't even think to – to do that but it didn't um i, I don't know if, but didn't uh something something happen in that locker room with buck
1: didn't he roll oh, into that lo- yeah well, i don't know man that might be for the paid subscription right there <laughs> that story <laughs> <laughs> i can t- i guess i can tell a g-rated version of that story let's keep all the names Ooh, out of man. it man you might have to do some editing after this bill okay i'm going to talk real slow because i know let's you can't keep read all the names let's gonna- keep all the names out of there all but movie denton <laughs> right. How about we just go with Doogie Denton's? And, well, how about this, Dude Quigley? That's going to be the, that's going to be the character. <laughs> Dude Quigley. So anyway, after late one evening in Florence Florence locker room, uh, four four buddies were hanging out after a practice. It was basketball practice. Man, I don't know. Do we tell this one? Okay, we're going to tell it. And if it if it gets too greasy, then you can edit it out. But what happens was, uh, one individual decides that he has to go, and to keep it for all audiences, he had to go number two, okay? So he decides to go number two into the garbage can. Now, what he does is he takes the garbage bag out, and then he does his number two into the garbage can. Then he puts the bag over top of it. Now, we got what we have ourselves here, folks, is a clean garbage bag. We got a garbage that doesn't have anything in it. Well, said janitor walks into the locker room, It it ain't right. Well, he takes about four or five steps and he stands up straight. (laughs) Like, you know, someone called him to attention, but no one really did. (laughs) (laughs) Five steps in, hands drop by his side, comes to complete attention. And he asks us, he goes, you guys smell that? He goes, what is that? Well, we smelled a lot of things. Now, was there one smell that kind of overrode everything else? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we were like, yeah, as a matter of fact, we did. Thanks for verifying that. He goes, where's the camera? We have no idea. So he starts doing the old, uh, you know, the old investigative round. He was like an old investigative dog. He's like a a drug dog sniffing around. You know, his his nose is going all over the place. (laughs) Well, you ever play that game? You're getting hotter, you're getting colder. (laughs) Well, he was playing that with himself with his nose, okay? So he (laughs) he was playing hotter, colder with himself. And uh, <laughs> he started inching his way towards that garbage can. Well, about this time, I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is happening. And I was an underclassman at the time. Okay. I was one of the guys that was in there. And I was not, I was not um, the individual. I was not Doogie Quigley. That was the one that was the one who did this. Now, I did see Doogie Quigley do this. So he starts getting closer and closer to that garbage can. Well, he looks down in there, stops sniffing. Now he's letting his eyes do the work. He looks in there; it's completely empty.
2: Gives clean, her a couple sniffs.
1: Cleans clean clean. a whistle. Sticks his head down in there, about down to the shoulder. I think his shoulders touch the. <laughs> I think both shoulders touch the top of the garbage can. I want to give her a good oh. whiff? <laughs> <laughs> oh. He looks up and he puts his hand. He looks down there, he points directly in the garbage. He goes, "I. That's where it smells like it's coming from." But he takes a look and there's nothing in there. I said, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, man. I go, you want us to get rid of that? He goes, No, there's nothing in there. I said, Maybe it's a garbage can. Maybe you gotta cycle these things out. Maybe after they're in a the place too long. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you have to do with these things. Cycle them out. <laughs> you have to rotate them through, man. Get them into the shop room. Get them into this and that. So he's gonna take care of it. Well, we decided to pack our stuff and head out. We don't want to see what happened afterwards. But I remember talking to Buck after that, after he had quit working there. And I said, You remember that deal with that garbage can? He goes, oh yeah, remember it? He goes, you know, I know what that was. I said, what did you tell me about? What was it? He said, I, he goes, we did the trash. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we pulled that trash out of there. Once the trash came out, guess what was on the bottom of it? A dude. I go, what? No, I said, what was? It? He goes, someone dumped dog shit in there. <laughs> Because it had probably been hammered down and moved around. He goes, Someone dumped, someone was out in the back by the football field and they probably dumped, took a, you know, I got a bag of shit and they dumped it in there. Can you believe people would do that? I go, <laughs>
0: It sounds Who like some, it's, it's, I bet it might, it could have been Amber Heard for all we know.
1: We don't know. It could have, it could have been a lot of people. But, you know, I think that that was something that we got away with. That was one of those same type of deals where you do it and kind of wish you didn't. Once Buck came in there, but I tell you, seeing him pop to attention like that uh, it was knowing worth it. No his senses, no his senses got a hold of him for a second. It was <laughs> definitely worth it. <laughs> That's good.
0: And I, I would, I would love to see. Um, I, would just be so great if everybody could actually see that when it happened, because, cause he bucks a character, you know, um one of my one of our buddies that uh, is listening to our podcast um called me up about a week ago, and he said, "Um he said, "Hey, um, we're really enjoying this." And he said, um, one of my friends uh, works for Netflix, and they think that uh, they might want to take a look at some of these stories. I tell you what I'd love to see that's that i'd I'd love to see that story on the silver screen, Old buck I don't know. Through. I don't
1: know if that's I don't know if that." Uh... <laughs> That's a lot of those things that people would. Um, I don't know, man. Paid subscription. Sus- paid subscription. That's a paid subscription. We might have to. You might have to reveal more with that. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd be willing to step into that arena. <laughs> what would Doogie <laughs> Denton not do? W W D D D D D. What would Doogie Denton? What Doogie would Triple
0: D? I like that. What happened? With, do you, I don't know if you I remember the details about that Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. Maybe, that's, maybe now's a good time. Maybe it's not. I don't know.
1: How far are we into this thing? We got about 40. Okay. Hmm. This is going to be one that. All right. So here's what happened. Anyone that knows about Dungeons and Dragons, I certainly do not. Or I certainly did not. Um, but I used to collect baseball cards as a kid. Uh, oh, younger. i got to stop,
0: so, stop you right there. Sorry, Brian. Without further ado, can you roll out the sponsorship? I just about forgot it.
1: Well, the sponsor we have this week is um, we figured that we would do something rather, uh, relatively regional. It's from Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, he has a shop down there um, that we want to promote, and it's kind of in theme with the, some of the topics that we had today. And it comes from Biloxi, Mississippi. Right down there on South Main Street, it's Captain Dan's Bait Shop. Okay, Captain Dan's Bait Shop has all the baiting needs you need. And their motto is we can get as dirty as you want because F is for fishing. And Captain Dan's Bait Shop there in Bluxley, Mississippi, a handful, handful of worms at 25 cents. Ain't bad. Doesn't matter how many you got in the bucket. matters how many you got in the hand. <laughs> Captain Dan's Bait Shop, Buck's Mississippi. Captain Dan, uh, he was a good one, wasn't he? He, he, uh, I remember he kissed this
0: gown and he said she tastes like cigarettes.
1: <laughs>
2: he then he started that seafood restaurant, Captain D's. He shortened Dan
1: down to D. Wasn't that Bubba Gump shrimp? Bubba I don't Gump. know if those two. I don't know if those two are connected. I can't Captain remember. D's,
2: Captain Dan, he just shortened. You know, a lot of people down south can't sp- spell very well, so. Captain Dan, this at Captain D and Captain D is NASA franchise, I believe. Maybe Why started.
0: not? I I think it, it could be very well be.
1: Now, Mike, you were you told me one time, you may not remember this story, but you you were in the Air Force, right? You're a veteran yeah. of the Air Force, and um you told me this, and you may not even remember telling me this, but you said your mom would write you letters. And you said that it start. it usually started out said, Mike, now listen. I know you can't real re- read real fast, so I'm going to write this extra. I'm going to write this extra slow this time.
2: Oh, <laughs> she, did, she did, and then she say, "I was going to send you some money, but I already sealed up the envelope." <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man, that, yeah. I, I like that's a hell of a line. I'm going to have to remember that one. I wrote it real
1: slow for you. That's good stuff. Yeah, like, you're not um, a real quick reader, so I'm going to write like, her extra slow. I was going.
2: She wrote, "P.S. I was going to send you twenty, but I already sealed up the envelope." I'm like, Damn if she hadn't <laughs> sealed the envelope up, I'd have got that twenty.
0: Mm-hmm. So were the words were the words strung out real long, like in cursive? Is that, is that how gotta, she wrote gotta, slow? Like,
2: you write somebody from the south, you gotta do it like that so we can understand it, you know. i so mm-hmm. Write it real long and you know, talk and when you gotta think real slow too, or we won't get it what you write. <laughs>
0: you got that's a bunch of bullshit. I know a lot of people from Georgia, and I tell you what every one of them was was uh sharp. I, I, I had told a good time Mike to told
1: me one time he goes, You know what the longest word in Georgia man's vocabulary? She <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now we're back to the Dungeons and Dragons, right? We had Sheet. we got our dad, we gotta sponsor it. She. <laughs> so
2: Hey, you know what wait, before you go there, you talk about those school stories. One what well, takes about a minute. I'm sitting in the library and there's teachers making us do some kind of damn report, you know. So I'm sitting at a table, the teachers to the left of me right in front of sitting in me in front of the table is, is one of my best friends. And to the left is one of our other buddies with a guy sitting in front of me. He starts rubbing with his, up on the table. Nobody can see it. He starts rubbing the guys next to his, what he thought was next to him, start rubbing his leg with his leg up on the table. Uh, want him, want him to think it was our, our, our English teacher rubbing his leg. Like he was being frisky.
0: Oh. And about,
2: and <laughs> about, 30 seconds later, the English teacher looks up and says, what are you doing? He goes, I thought it was him. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> that covers it. That should oh. take care of everything, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he like, what are you doing? He just said before he even thought, I thought it was him. He knew it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I wasn't even in on it.
0: <laughs> I wasn't in on
1: it. <laughs> Man. I like that. Uh, that was a good stuff. cover. I thought it was him. Oh, that. Okay. Okay. So that makes it better. I thought it, was, I thought it was this old boy over here. He said, Brian, okay, Brian, you're
0: on the spot. What would
1: what would you say? I probably would have said, I thought it was him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, but you think about me, I'm sitting there, and then all this takes place, and I'm thinking, what in the hell is going on? And it's <laughs> but I sit, my, my, my best friend in the house goes, exactly what he would do. He was he was trying to get somebody. <laughs> in trouble but this is it was you had to be there it was it was nah, i don't
1: think I'll so you, That's, i like it yeah i'll tell you one just one little off story we you know you couldn't they, they frowned on people chewing copenhagen in school um back in the day and so we had a buddy in our class he'd chew copenhagen and we were probably it wasn't like we were you know real young but we were probably in the third or fourth grade and this guy was pretty heavy into the copenhagen okay and i didn't like i mean I, I don't know if you've ever chewed that stuff, but it takes a little while getting used to. It takes a little bit of acquired taste. And I I've tried it a couple of times and it makes the old head spin pretty heavy. But <laughs> I, he took it, we were doing like this art, doing some paper mache stuff. And uh, he had his, he didn't want to get his chew, you know, because I guess that paper mache would get in your hands. So before he started, he took his Copenhagen out and he set it on the counter kind of behind like this book because he knew his hands were going to get sticky and he, he didn't want to have to reach back and get this. Paper mache stuff. Well, he forgets about it. So he's got this Copenhagen he left up on there. And it wasn't until a day or two later where the teacher was over there and went through it and came across this Copenhagen can, right? And she came to the front of the class and she said, um, who's this? this? Who's, who's? And I was right up front. She always thought that it was better if I was up front. And so it didn't matter like what class I was in. I was always up front, you know? And so I – yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's because they thought that I could get more out of the experience if I was closer to the action. (laughs) So here I am up front, and uh, she stands up there with this can of Copenhagen. She goes, "Um, excuse me, but I found this Copenhagen can over there. Uh, I need to know whose it is. And I knew it was my buddy, and my buddy – he was actually a really shy kid. I don't know where he got – I don't know where he – someone tangled him up with the Copenhagen. But he was shy, and I knew he was, he was going nuts, and he was behind me. And so, obviously, no one said anything. There was only three of us that knew who it belonged to, and I wasn't going to give him up. Who it is, it? Is we're not the whole thing, we're not doing anything until I know who this is, blah, blah, blah. And so I raised my hand, and I said, okay. I said, actually, that has not been there since today. That was there three days ago, when we were doing paper mache. And... We were afraid to ask you about it um, because we thought maybe you had left it there. And we were Aww. going to ask the same question because we found it there three days ago when we were doing paper mache and we didn't want to say anything because the last thing we wanted to do was to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> End of story. She, just, uh-huh. <laughs> she said, well, it's not mine. And whoever's it was, we don't chew. And boom, into the garbage can, she went. But I figured, you know, she didn't know who it was. And – We did see it there three days ago. And as soon as we pinned it on her a little bit, not much. But the fact that that thing had been hanging out, number one, maybe it's not hers, but the fact that she left something like that, left that stuff in the classroom for over three days, longer than what she should have, it was dangerous for us kids. We don't want to be around that. (laughs) Dangerous. (laughs) So lickety split out the door. Shame on her. Well, I don't know. Shame on her. She didn't do anything wrong. I want
0: to hear about this dungeons and dungeons. I've never heard of it.
1: I've never heard it. So, Dungeon, for those of you that are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, I wasn't at the point. I'm still really not. But I collected baseball cards, and this was probably in the early '80s. Okay, and we knew all the cards, all their value. Um, and there was a gentleman in my class that had baseball cards. Now, they, he collected them because, you know, that was kind of his thing. He didn't really understand them. But he collected them because it's what everyone did. So he would talk to me about Dungeons and Dragons, and I didn't know anything about it. It didn't sound interesting to me. I wasn't, you know, everything, everything he said about it did not sound interesting to me. But he told me that he had a Pete Rose rookie card. Now, this Pete Rose rookie card at the time, this before the Pete Rose scandal of the gambling and stuff. And this was a very sought-out card. It was, probably, it, was,
0: it was maybe the most
1: popular one at the time. To me, it was. I mean, I don't know if it was nationwide, but it, to me, it was one of the most popular cards of all time. And if, if you remember, anyone who collected baseball cards remembers, the rookie cards had like four different rookies on one card. So yep. and this, I can see it. It's got So now I found this out. So the next time I saw it, I said, tell me a little bit more about this Dungeons and Dragons deal. <laughs> okay, I want to I try to find an angle where I can trade him for this, get a legitimate trade where we can – you know, or at least I can see it. I didn't even see one up close.
0: Did he so wait? He goes, did he open it up in a packet, or did he just have
1: it? Okay, he just he verbalized it. I never saw. It. He said he had this thing. Right, His, he had, and this card came from the '60s, so it wasn't like he bought it. He oh, some, at some true. point along the way he got this card. So anyway, he wants to tell me more. As soon as I talk about Dungeons and Dragons, he wants to tell me more. I'm asking more questions. He wants to show me how to do it. And he wants to give me like a name and get me into the game and all this stuff. I'm like, sure, whatever. So we go to his house and um we we walk into it and he had a really old house. And we there's only this is the only one time that I'd been in his house. You walk in and you go right into the kitchen and um there was a sign like I don't know if it's a mud, it's like an entryway, but there was a sign that said it was right above like where you take your shoes off. It said, pray as you go, which I don't know what that means. Pray as you go. <laughs> but I saw it and I I'd never not, Anyway, we go into his house then we go down into the day dungeon, obviously, right? This is where you play Dungeons and Dragons. It doesn't matter where you're at, but it has to be in a basement where there's like a broken water pipe that keeps dripping or something. And it's creepy. So we go down into the basement and he breaks out this, thing breaks out this diagram breaks out these dice that have like you know 10 sided dice and all this stuff and he starts writing down in a notebook and he's trying to explain this to me i don't understand it so anyway i go well, let's just start playing you know i'm the i'm the monopoly guy where I when i roll a three i move three spaces you know this one is different you roll a, a three or four dice ten side dice so anyway he starts playing this game and i'm moving this i'm moving around the board and, I, and he's telling me when i'm going into different rooms i don't understand it well, now he says, I'm in this room, and I just met this warlock, and I have to kill it, and I have enough power to kill it, and I have to take out my my sword and slice off both of his ears. He's making this stuff up, okay? I don't know if this <laughs> is how it always works with Dungeons & Dragons, but if you're yes. the dungeon master, you can just make it up as you go. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, there's nothing says that I have to cut this, this warlock's ears off, okay? <laughs> but anyway, th- he's going to – well, now I realize – that he lives in a fantasy world. And I realized this game is all about making shit up. So I try to wind <laughs> it up as quick as I can. And I said, look, um, I go, this is really kind of, this is kind of like next level mental stuff, right? This is like in a different world mentally. He goes, oh yeah, it's all about like nightmares and dreams and a, in a different world and different dimensions. And I'm like, that's, I said, so do you, I agree as a dungeon master, is this something that you specialize in? Like are you good at like kind of living in this di- different dimension? He goes, Well, I don't know. You know, he kind of kinda of pats himself in the back. I go, because what's crazy to me is I've had like dr- nightmares and dreams that are kind of consistent. I can't really piece this thing together. Right. And he goes, Well, he goes, well, what is it? I said, Well, I go, probably not making it, it, it probably is stupid, but I mean, um, It's kind of something that I think about. And it's very It's like some dreams you remember. You know, you had a a dream, but you didn't know what it was. This one I remember vividly. And this has been consistent. He said, uh, He goes, Well, what is it? I go, Well, I'm in like this. I'm I'm walking around in my underwear. Because every horrible nightmare starts with you walking around in your underwear somewhere. (laughs) It's like I'm walking around in my underwear. And I'm in this long hallway. And there's a lot of voices. I can't see any people. There's a lot of voices, but there's a long hallway. And at the end of the hallway, um, there's a door. And then on the side, there's two shining lights. And I go, I look to the side of the right, um, and I see a sign there. And um, it talks about prayer. It says something about prayer. And um, you can see it kind of perked up. And do you remember the sign that I saw, what it said, Bill? <laughs> no. Huh? No. Well, the sign that I saw when I walked in was about prayer. So I recite this. Oh and prayers
2: you go. It says pray
1: pray, pray as you go, right? So I said it's about prayer and he perks up and I go, It's about prayer. And I don't really reveal it, but then I say, um, as I'm walking through this door, I'm thinking, Do I walk through this door? But I see the sign says praise you go. So I go. And he's like sits straight up. And then I said, I, I asked him, I said, You know I I collect cards, right? Well, he didn't really, I don't know if he knew I collected cards. You know I collect baseball cards, right? And he said, uh, he goes, yeah, we all collect baseball cards. I said, the only way that I can get out of this room is I need three things. I need this fucking velvet key, (laughs) right? I need this, it was a velvet key. There was three things that came up, and it came up from on the flight. Velvet key, something else, or a Pete Rose rookie card. Oh baseball card. <laughs> oh my and God. so he, he kind of sits up in his seat and he goes, well, he goes, okay. He, I go, so so then that's where I leave. I go, so what do you make of that? What do you think of that is? He goes, well, obviously, you, you know, you're troubled, you're in distress and all this stuff. And you got, you got people chasing you. I go, but what about the end of it? What about the end of that? Like we're, the only way I get out of this room is with a velvet key, um, and what a, was blonde, a gold cane. No, no, no. I'm not going to make something like that i don't know or this pete rose rookie card i go do you think that the rookie card of the baseball cards because that's something that that i do and i don't know why it'd be specific to that but it's something that i do he goes i don't really know what it is so anyway we he, i said what well, i go think about that for a second let me know i mean talk to your other warlock buddies or something uh. <laughs> so i leave the house we, we wrap this thing up i had to wrap this thing up. i had zero interest in this dungeons and Dragons. Thing. so we wrap it up and um that's it. That's the only time he'd been in his house. That was the only time that we talked about Dungeons and Dragons. But at the end of the school year, right, he's talked, he talked, we talked probably three or four times before the school year's job. At the end of the school year, he would always, you know, ask me about these dreams. I was still have these dreams. I go, you know what? They're not, it's getting better. I go, really? I'm not as freaked out as much. I go, I don't know if it's because I talked to you about it. I'm not as freaked out as much. I go, now the dream just straight, just goes straight to me getting out of that room. I go, there's not the whole workup of walking down the hallway. There's no other thing. And it doesn't last very long, but I'm just in the room. I can't get out. I really don't know what that means. And so he hand he gave me an envelope to Pete Rose rookie card. Aww. Now he didn't know that he must not have known that I, I I I did not know that he he didn't know I knew he had it. Because he said there's something in there that I want you to have. And so I opened it up and it's a Pete Rose rookie card. Aww. And I felt awful. I felt hmm. like I I just felt bad that I'd worked this guy, you know, through <laughs> him giving me this um, thing. So, so I actually... <laughs> <laughs> what's that? You worked the shit out of him. I worked him over. And I I felt bad for him. So, I ha, now I had to give this back to him without him knowing that I played him. Yeah, this was a tough deal to say, like, hey, I made that whole freaking story up just to get this card. Now I feel like shit, <laughs> I want give it back to you. So, um, <laughs> I just... I said, look, man, you, I can't have this. You can take this. And he goes, no, 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 no. This is what this is, This is. is part of it. This is something that you need, blah, blah, blah. I go, how about this? How about this? How about I give it back to you? Now that I've seen it, because I've never even seen this card. How about I give it back to you? And if, if there's anything that comes up along the way, you know, maybe this is all I need is to see it. If anything comes up along the way, so I gave it back to him, and that was it. I ended it. Now, oh if I was goodness. a slippery little bugger, I would have kept it. But it was such a long drawn out thing, and it was very, very. If you think about that story, it's very manipulative. I think that he <laughs> manipulated him a little bit. <laughs> you think so? It was one of those things I couldn't live with. But I, it was hard giving him that card back. But I felt pretty good the fact that I worked the whole thing around the Dungeons and Dragons, this whole mythical thing, another dimension. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good. Solid work. It's, it's
0: pretty. It's pretty good work. I'd have to say, and I, I give you kudos. I mean, that's that card. It was. It's still to me coveted. Um, it's not did, worth think, as
1: much anymore, but it was to me. It was worth the world. And, oh
0: wait, Well, I think didn't uh, didn't our dad? Have, I think our dad had one of those, didn't he? I uh,
1: know well, he, he did not. not. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Well, hey, he Mike, had a uh, Babe Ruth. He had a couple cool cards, but that card was a. I, I didn't know he. Did. I thought for some
0: reason I thought he had that. Mike, thanks, to, Mike Roberts, man, thanks a lot. You are a fun guy. I, I would love to have a beer with you sometime when I get down that way. Please do.
1: I appreciate y'all having me. That would be a lot of fun. So, hey, yeah, Mike, pay. pass this. Pass this. When you see your old boys from Georgia down there, have them take a listen to, to these knuckleheads. Oh,
2: yeah, And the next bit. <laughs> my wife's got a little uh, internet business. Shop Ileek. S h o p i l l e k. It's like Kelly with an I spelled backwards. Shop
1: <laughs> Legendary. All right, man. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it. you. All right. brother. That Thanks. wraps up. That wraps up
0: number nine. And don't forget. Every shenanigan must transcend.